tonight is an all hockey podcast, and we're going to talk a lot of Isles and other NHL with Nicole Sherman. Nicole, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Um, me, me and James say say this all the time, and I propose this question to a lot of people. And do you think professional sports? care about women and the reason why I ask that is you always see with sports no matter what a man can do he can rape a woman kill anybody do something that shouldn't be done but if he's God's gift and can throw a football hit a home run score score 60 points in a basketball game or just have an ungodly talented he can go on that field. For example, Antonio Brown, who won a Super Bowl last year. So, what do you what What do you think about that? I mean, there's certainly this sort of mm, idea that if you're talented enough, um, you're sort of, I guess, above not just the law, sort of above societal expectations that the rest of us have to um, adhere to. Because at a point, if you're like a star athlete, if it's almost like you're the product being sold, the league, even at a point, you know, the country, they, you have your own brand. So sort of that being valued more than the lives potentially being destroyed. Um, and there's definitely sort of like the emphasis we see in the major sports on team success over everything. The ownership uh, coaching the front office, they're going to um, sweep what they can under the rug to make sure that team success isn't somehow going to be hurt. So definitely the victims end up falling by the wayside. And it's a cultural, cultural problem throughout almost every sport here. Hey, Nicole, this is James. Um, I am, first off, I am a big fan of your work. I love the fact that you write passionately about founders, and I love the fan club you have of the Ratty fan club. You know, love that. Gotta get that out the way. Um, secondly, more important, um, before we get into some Islander talk, um, obviously you heard about one of the biggest scams that happened this season is the Chicago Blackhawks scandal, um, involving what happened during that 2010 run. Um, what, I just want to get, what are your thoughts on that whole situation and the NHL's handling of, of the punishment that's been handed by all the members on that team? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it. It was handled horrendously. The fact that it was covered up for over a decade, the fact that um, even now the NHL won't own up to what happened under uh, sort of their thumb and they still don't want to pay for therapy for Kyle Beach, um, the fact that uh, they refused to uh, mediate the negotiations happening between Beach and the Blackhawks organization right now, the fact that most of the core um, who still playing for the Blackhawks not only refused to take responsibility, but sort of said they view Stan Bauman, who the GM, who um, was probably the, the most uh, directly to blame for everything that happened, um, 
for sleeping under the rug, say they viewed him only positively, that was a giant slap in not only Beach's face, but in the face of every um, victim of sexual assault and harassment around the world. Um, and the fact that uh, sweeping it under the rug, and not only that, um, the organization writing him um, Aldrich a uh, recommendation letter, it allowed a minor to be sexually assaulted. It made for, it gave an opportunity for Aldrich to go out and find more victims. And the entire situation is just so, so horrible. And the part that sucks, he was a video guy, right? Yeah, so replaceable to say the least. Right, so it's it's still sick, but he what he he wasn't the star of the Blackhawks. He wasn't going to score seventy, eighty goals of the season. He wasn't a Taze or a Patrick Kane. He he or you know a, a great goalie. He's a video guy, and the 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 fact that the guy was allowed to coach for the Panthers, the fact that. The other guy stole GM for another team, and the owner is not forced to sell. It's ridiculous, and it's just it's something that no sports should just do. If 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 you see something or you hear about something, say something. What if it happened to you, right? Like, why why would you want anyone to go through that? Whether it's in sports or 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 a tech company, wrong is wrong at the end of the day, and too many people put value over people. Oh, if I fire this guy, I lose five hundred million. If I if I fire or suspend this guy, I lose the best coach, or or I lose a guy who can win me a championship. Come on, man. I mean, you like your comparison to a tech company is sort of boils it down. At the end of the day, the NHL is a business. It's a private entity. And the men on top, all they care about is money. So if firing, like, these uh, franchise bases, like Taves, Kane, they won three cups. Quenville, who eventually resigned from the Florida Panthers, he won three cups with them. These are the people who essentially defined a decade of hockey. So for Batman, for the NHL, they cared about maintaining that product more than um, ethics, more than being moral. And at the end of the day, until something major changes and we see sort of not only a change in the culture, but in the mentality of this upper level of management, I don't think we're going to see much change within the league because they're essentially their own checks and balances. We can pressure them all they want, all we want, but until we have management who cares for more than just the fiscal side of things, nothing is going to change. Unfortunately, I, I, I agree with you 1,000%, Nicole. It has to start from the top. And if the, the things don't change from the top, then these things, unfortunately, will continue to be swept under the rug, and then, then all these things will come out in the light. Now, 
on a, I guess, positive, but not really positive. Nicole, I'm a big New York Islander fan. They can tell you I eat, sleep, and breathe. I love this team more than anything. We are we are off to probably a rough start. Um, we opened UBS Arena. We lost, you know, we lost the game where, honestly, it probably should not have been played because it looked like we're running out of players. I know we got Pavilion back. Um, what's the outlook of the Islanders? Because... It looks like it could either be A, this team somehow gets together and gets in as a wild card, or B, they completely fall off and they're going to be in the lottery. Uh, it's hard to say. We've, I mean, every year under Trotz, we've started off pretty slowly. Uh, it's been a trend. So on the road trip, I wasn't particularly worried until the last four games did. And even then, you know, I thought, okay, we'll get home, we'll have the home ice advantage, the electricity between sort of this moment in history opening UBS Arena. And then COVID hit us, and um, the roster just getting more and more depleted. Um, and it doesn't seem like the NHL is planning to postpone any games until we completely run out of NHL contracts to call up. And we have quite a few left in Bridgeport in the AHL with those Islanders. Um, so if we keep icing, we keep icing, eventually the only players left are going to be rookies with no NHL experience. Um, we're going to be exposing them, um, to a level they're not yet prepared to play on. We're going to be exposing them potentially to COVID. Um, obviously that's going to be disturbing chemistry on its own because players have never played together. Players have never played on NHL ice um, until we sort of get over this hump. Uh, it's hard to sort of, I guess, estimate what we can expect from the future. But if we somehow, if we end up sort of getting over this hurdle, uh, we've overcome greater adversity. Um, and I think definitely if the coaching can sort of get the system back under control because We've escaped the system. There hasn't been that defensive style that the Islanders have been known for under Todd the last six games. It just hasn't been there. If we can get back into playing that style of hockey, a wild card of playoff berth is not um, out of out of possibility. It can certainly happen. Um, and if not, it's a great lottery class, uh, a great draft class this year. I know games got to be played, right? But if if the kind of team the Islanders can put out right now, if it's not a competitive team, why would the NHL want to do that when that's handing losses for the Islanders and points and handing wins and points to other teams? Money. Okay. Money. I mean, we saw what happened with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they played four games and were down 10 men before the NHL decided to postpone three games for them. And that only happened because they ran out of NHL players on NHL contracts to call up. And we have quite a few more left to call up. So unless something drastic happens or... Um, my expectations for the NHL doing the right thing are not high. 
I agree. I agree. This is kind of like how this is. Um, but there was some positive. Um, I do like the play of Robin Salo. I think this kid, this kid got potential. Um, what do you think of Salo and um, Hutton and their and Panic and their debuts at the Islanders? And do you see them staying with the Islanders um, long term? So I think Salo and uh, Pollock went down. Or we knew right away he'd get the call. Um, and sort of he's been our best defenseman. It's not a question. He his first game out, he was expected to be our number one defenseman. Um, he played the most minutes his first game, the second most minutes his second game, and considering he was sort of thrown into the fire, he's performed very, very well. Um, he's very composed. Um, we have to remember that prior to coming over to North America, he did play against men in the league, the Finnish Liga and the FHL. So it's not like he's completely sort of being thrown into a level of competition he's not used to. I mean, obviously nothing compares to the NHL, but he's played against elite competition before. Um, and he's, it's not like he's 19, he's 23, he's composed, he knows what's expected of him. Um, and he's a two-way defenseman who doesn't sacrifice um, responsibility in his own zone. And I think that factor has been um, very beneficial um, to sort of try to gather what's left of the Islander system. Um, Hutton, he's 26. Uh, also a rookie in his NHL debut on Saturday, so obviously that's a great story because after all this time, um, I mean, what kid doesn't want to make it to the show, even at 26, so um, very proud of him for that. Um, and, you know, he was, he did his role. Was he superb? Was he something truly special? No, but um, he played defense. <laughs> what else could you ask of him? Um, I like to say, you know, if you're uh, playing in the third pairing and uh, we don't really notice you, that's a good thing. That means you're doing your job. Um, Richard Ponick, uh, I think the most glowing review comes from Trotz. He played on Barzell's wing, and that means he's been performing well. He shoots, he's sort of... Um, been that net front, net front presence that uh, we've been missing with Lee out on protocol, and you could tell he's really hungry for the chance to make the NHL again because he's not an AHLer. It's just sort of an unfortunate um, collateral of the, the trade from the Red Wings and the fact that our NHL roster was stacked up until now. What do you think of the new arena? I, I'm going for the first time on Friday, actually. I haven't been yet because school's been crazy, but I drive by almost every day, and it's stunning. And from everything I've heard, glowing reviews, I mean, something truly special. This arena was built for, for the fans, by the fans, and it means so much to Islander Nation. People don't understand how much the arena meant to us. But, you know, aside from the team, what do you think, like, you know, from the owners, um, Ledecky and Malkin, what do you think of, like, you know, the Islanders' future with this arena questioning? Like, do you see better days ahead 
with with now that we have an arena we can finally call home? I mean, yeah, sort of. Um, this when we came under new ownership, and you know, we were told, yeah, you're gonna get you're you're gonna get a new home. Uh, sort of the real realization of three decades of yearning, because we've. I mean, the Coliseum is iconic. It has an incredible amount of history. But at a point when you see teams around the league sort of getting new state-of-the-art arenas, you want your turn. And obviously, playing in Barclays, Barclays was um, not ideal. The sightlines weren't there. Um, getting, with most of the fan base on Long Island, simply getting there was a trek. Um, and sort of that, despite a, a pretty moderate amount of success there, it did not feel like home. So, so this is the homecoming. It's what fans have been dreaming of. And I think despite a slow start, it's definitely there's a lot of better days ahead. Back-to-back years of falling just short of a Stanley Cup appearance. Do you see this team getting, getting to that again this year? I have no doubt that if we do make the playoffs, they make a deep run again. This team is built for playoff-style hockey, and sometimes that does end up hurting us during the regular season. But if we end up fighting for that playoff spot, a a run's going to be made, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up reaching the finals. Here's something that Islanders fans probably either talked about or haven't talked about. Obviously, Ilya Sorokin is amazing. He's been our best player. Um, what do you think happens to Simeon Varlamov? And does he eventually end up being the number two goalie, or is he going to get traded at some point? I can confirm that Varlamov was informed he was being thrown out as a trade option starting in June. So he could have been traded this past offseason. Obviously, he, w- he wasn't, but that was an option. Um, so anything can happen. Uh, he's sort of up for, for the taking right now. And I think what we've seen this trend um, with Sorokin's style of play, um, he plays best when he has a really tight load. So he plays best when he's starting every game. Some of his best performances happen on consecutive days where he has two shutouts. So um, definitely this tandem, while great on paper and we have two amazing goalies, it it ends up hurting Thornton's performance um, because he performs best with constant stars and I guess sort of that constant pressure. I'm, I'm sure he'd love to play 24-7. Um, so while I love Marlamov, I think he's a great goalie and um, he's really shown up for the team in the playoffs in the regular season. I mean, he was amazing last season. Um, at a point, we have to realize Sorokin is the future. Um, and Varlamov's contract is going to end soon and we sort of have to make that transition to Sorokin as the starter. What made you fall in love with hockey? I mean, if you once you watch even one game, how can you not? 
Um, I went to one game with my father. I don't even remember when I was pretty young. Fell in love with the game. Um, and that's history. My dad was never particularly an Islanders fan. I, I, I sort of been converting him. I just made him get his first ever hockey jersey. It's a Sorokin uh, KHL one, which is coming so I'm very proud of that. He's a Bisping Sorokin fan. Um, but definitely sort of um, just having that experience of going to games. Um, and as I grew up, I just became more and more enamored with it until I sort of decided to make it my, my part-time job. It's just, um, I think it's the sport that probably has the most connection with fans off ice. Um, and it has a very, very tight-knit community. So, like, once you sort of join that, uh, the community just makes you fall in love with hockey even more. Um, and just uh, watching the game itself, there's nothing that compares to it. The adrenaline of a hockey game, especially playoff hockey, I mean, it, it makes you fall in love on the spot. Oh, man. I mean, I, especially especially how the Islanders fan base is, it's like a beauty. Playoff hockey is arguably the best out of all the major sports. Um, here's a question. Um, I also love Oliver Walsh. I think he's a snipe. Do you think um, when Lee comes back, and obviously Nelson right now is injured, where should um, all, um, Oliver Walsh be? Because right now, um, not only are we dealing with the COVID bug, and we don't have um, pull up for a while, we also don't have we, we also don't know the status of Brock Nelson. So, what happens to guys like um, Pollock and also Kiefer Bells when he comes back from, from COVID? Right. I mean, so are we assuming that all of the COVID pro- protocol players are out and we're just left with an injured Nelson and Pollock? Basically. Okay. Um, I guess it depends on what uh, Trotz decides to run. Ideally, Lee isn't on the first line anymore. I don't think he's fully recovered. Um, and I think he just hasn't been as... Um, conductive with Barzell's style of play this season. In the playoffs, yes, right now, definitely it, um, his physicality isn't coming through as much. Obviously, he doesn't want to sort of um, re-injure himself, so that's understandable. But I don't think he's being as helpful on the first line as we need. We don't have that offense, to, um, that offense, the performance coming from him. Um, so if we're talking about a, a left wing and a right wing, um, replace Wallstrom with, uh, replace Palmieri with Wallstrom. He's the sniper. He's the guy who's always going to shoot first. When you have a playmaker like Barzell, uh, you want to take advantage of that. Bellows was performing pretty well. He, he also sort of has that shoot first mentality, obviously not on the same level, but when you have a, a playmaker star like Barzell, um, what we saw in the preseason is that Bellows can sort of just be there and shoot and something will happen. Um, so you run that young line and hopefully Trots can see um, that they're more than their age and um, we really need to sort of ramp up offensive production. This is the way to do it. If the Islanders were to ever win the Stanley Cup, and you got the opportunity 
to hold the cup for the day, what would you do? <laughs> Me, <laughs> that's never going to happen. They, uh, I might touch it in the museum. I mean, I might touch it like for a second in UBS. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Take it home. Uh, obviously, sort of let my family experience it. Um, everyone sort of does the food thing. I don't even know what I should it with. <laughs> Guess the Russian side of me wants to say caviar. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated food, um, but I don't know. I can't, hard to imagine just the feeling of being able to touch it is probably out of this world. I do believe the Islanders' window is between now and two to three years. I do think eventually this team will win a cup. I have to ask this, though. Um, I love Mason Zidane Char when he played. The Islanders should have never traded him when they drafted him. But at some point, um, he's older. Um, I, I just think that he, him and Green unfortunately have got to go. Um, what do you do with a guy like Chara and Green, who's, I get it, that, that Barry Trotz loves experience, but, but Chara sometimes in his own, like, when, when he's going up in the defensive zone, like, you know, you're seeing guys just walk him down, and then it's just, it's just tough to watch at this stage of his career. Yeah, I mean, sort of, we, uh, he did end up stepping up a bit these past two days. Um, but other than that, he's been a big liability in his own zone, especially um, like taking very untimely penalties for no reason. Uh, it bugged me quite a bit. Um, he he checks and then he ends up falling from reverse hits at his size. Um, it's gotten a bit painful to watch, honestly. Um, I think my ideal the defense doesn't feature him. We have uh, we have Pelican Bullock reunited on top. We have Salah with Mayfield, and then we have Green and Dobson. And Dobson has shown that um, when given sort of more responsibility, he's prepared to take that on. So I think we can sort of see him taking on more and more of a role these next two seasons. And Salah, as he adapts, uh, will definitely be able to do the same. What led you to working with Isles Fix? Um, so uh, I actually I translated an uh, an interview that uh, Ilya Sorokin did when he was in Moscow over the off season. I translated that on Twitter, uh, and they reached out and they're like, "Nicole, we like what you do. Do you would you like to write for us?" Um, and so it sort of just the, uh, steamrolled from there. Um, Eyes on Isles also saw my prospect for a cap. Would you like to write for us? So, um, yeah, I've been writing for them since. Um, uh, um, this Wednesday, um, obviously the Islanders and Rangers will face off again. And you have, for the Rangers side, they have their own Russian goaltender in Igor Shosturkin. And I'm not taking away anywhere from, from, from Shosturkin. Um, he's had a fantastic season. Um, I personally think Sorokin, um, Sorokin is better. 
Um, but Rangers fans always tell me that Igor is better. Um, you obviously, obviously, you know, tell me I'm right that I would take Sorokin over Shosturkin, even though they're both really good goaltenders. I would take Sorokin over Shosturkin. Tell me that I'm right and explain, explain if I'm right or wrong. I mean, obviously, I'm biased myself, <laughs> but I've been following both of them since uh, they were drafted, pretty much. I've been watching the KHL. Um, and Sorokin not only had a more illustrious KHL career, I think, when it comes down to pure raw talent, Sorokin has it. Um, I think if they were both sort of in the same role, if uh, Sorokin had the same sort of opportunity to be starter right off the bat, each shine um and sort of the tandem is tamping down on that a, a bit but we'll definitely see more of it next season and this following season i think just when you watch Ilya Sorokin in that it's electric sort of um the best way i like to say he's a mix of flurry and Vasilevsky because he sort of has that very entertaining eccentric style he likes to use like his glove a lot, he makes those crazy saves like Flurry, but sort of that same athletic ability and flexibility that we see from Vasilevsky. I think he's probably one of the most entertaining goalies to watch. I mean, pure entertainment value, and obviously on top of that, he's just really, really good. I mean, yesterday was a loss, and he let in three goals. And still had a point nine two five save percentage. He saved thirty seven shots and saved one point four six goals above expected. So in a loss, he exceeded expectations. He's been showing up night after night. I mean, there's no question about it. The best player on our team right now. From your years of watching hockey, who's who have you seen that's been? the best Russian player in in the NHL? Ovechkin. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's really a question. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Ovechkin is, is obviously more likable than Crosby because I despise Crosby, but I, 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 I despise Sidney Crosby. I think he's a... I, there are things I can't say on this podcast that I don't want to offend you, but I really hate Sidney Crosby with, with a burning passion. I I, we, all, we all feel the same here, but I, ha- I have the opportunity to meet Ovechkin uh, through a friend, um, and he's very personable, very likable, very sweet. Um, and this happened while I was wearing full Islanders gear at Barclays the first time uh, I met him. <laughs> it was still very time, even though I got some dirty looks from Capital fans who made the truck. Um, but yeah, I think that's a guy on it offside. That is cool. That is cool. Now I got. Now I gotta like bring people in. Obviously, we did lose the leads, but more importantly, um, John Tavares came back again. There are people that don't understand why we boot Tavares and people on the Maple Leafs fan calling the Islanders fans are classless and gutless. Um, can you explain to the people why the Islanders still feel type of way about one John Tavares? It's, he made no promises and he just said, you know, I really appreciate all the fan bases done. I made some great memories here. 
but I want to be close to home. I want to play for my childhood team. I want to play for my hometown. No hard feelings, honestly. The fact that up until the day he left, he said, I want to stay on Long Island. And he made sure that any opportunity we had to gain assets from trading his rights uh, was zip. Yeah, that um, left a bad taste in all our mouths. We don't like liars. Yeah, that that be the only thing. If if he let them think he's gonna stay, don't trade me, don't get nothing, I'm coming back. Then it's wrong. But if he's doing it because he wants to play for a childhood team and he's doing it because he hates to travel Brooklyn to Long Island and and he wants to do what's best for his family, how can anyone be mad at that? That's how it should be done. I mean, compare how he left to Hamannick. He wanted what was best for his family, and I mean, I know so much of the fan base still loves him, so sort of intentions might have been the same. Execution was very, very different. And, and to add on to that, like, we understand that, you know, you want to be close to your family. It was how you did it that was upsetting. How Travis Hamnick did it was actually more classy, more respectful. That's why I understand don't hate Travis Hamnick. But the simple fact that, you know, he was the franchise. He was the guy. He was our, He was the first overall pick. He was there when the Islanders won their first playoff series against Florida for the first time since 93. And the fact that you did that to us is why Islanders fans will forever hate him for that. Which leads me into this. Um, Islanders, um, next se- I'm, I'm projecting next season, whether they win the cup or not, I think it's a clear that they need to be a little bit more younger in certain positions. Um, do you trust that Lou and Barry will still, A, still be around? Because a lot of Islanders fans, I think they should be fired, which is ridiculous. And B... Could the Islanders still rebuild and contend while getting younger? Because you know it's a young man's league. Yeah, so I guess that's two separate questions. Will they still be around? Lou, I'm pretty sure, unless he kicks the bucket, he's going to be around. Trump, uh, <laughs> it is a contract year. Uh, while we hope he resigns, that's not a given. But. In the case that Trotz does not come back, I want Lane Lambert to be head coach. He's sort of Trotz's right-hand man. Um, and I'm every time a position opens up and he's still with us, I'm surprised. Um, now, going into sort of those young players potentially stepping up, um, I think... They should get an opportunity. We have some really, really great players in the system. Does Trotz give them that opportunity? I don't know. No one knows but Trotz or whoever the coach may be. Aturatu, um, his contract will be up in April in the Liga, so he'll officially be completely ours. He can start with Bridgeport. I think he eventually makes his way to the NHL sometime next season, if not... Um, then 2023-24 for sure. Um, he's been performing very well right now in the top six role um, in Liga against men. Four goals in four games. Um, two assists. Uh, he had like a really nice uh, performance for Finland 
in the Four Nations U20 international tournament. So he's obviously, he's very talented. Definitely uh, could be the steal of this last draft. Um, we have Salo, who will hopefully, by next season, um, find himself a roster spot permanently. We have um, Boltuk, um, another defenseman, who, he's been, he's coming off an injury, has been pretty quiet, but he's sort of a dynamic offensive defenseman. Uh, we could definitely use someone like him. Hopefully, he sort of kicks it back into gear. We have William Dufour, currently playing for the Sea Dogs in the Quebec Major um, Junior League. Um, leads the entire league in scoring. He's been absolutely insane. Um, he's not signed yet, so I think that's definitely something we should look into. Um, we also have uh, Ishakov in uh, playing for Adler Mannheim in Germany. He's been injured, not currently signed. His rights are taken away. We have until August. Undersized, but extremely talented. They call him Mr. Magic. Um, I think that's definitely someone we should bring back over and give a chance if in Bridgeport, if anything. Um, and hopefully we'll sort of see all of these players um, start to transition because Paris, Parise, um, Green, Chara, there's only so much we can try to keep squeezing out of them. The fourth line, I mean, I love them. The identity line, they've been not only invisible, they've been a liability right now. So uh, we sort of have to go about... Um, replacing all of these veterans who will be aging out of the system. Who do you think will take home Olympic gold? Are we assuming Canada and America end up going? Yes. Yes. I mean, Canada. That roster, I mean, it's absolutely unfair. I think the fact that Eichel isn't going to be able to represent the U.S. is um, definitely going to hurt us. Obviously, I'll be cheering on our boys, but I think, I mean, Canada's roster is just, their B team would be insane. They have, I mean, McDavid, McDavid himself, I mean, come on. What about Russia? Russia, their biggest strength is goaltending. I mean, they're going to have Vasilevsky, I'm assuming... Varlamov, Bobrovsky, Shesterkin, um, Sorokinovsky, look at who they have to pick from. I mean, insane. But defense is their um, their sort of biggest weakness, and I think that might end up coming back to fight them. I, I couldn't agree more. I think Canada probably takes the call because Canada is just loaded with talent loaded. Now, before we get you out of here, Nicole, I'm going to give you some quick rapid fire. The um, Islanders edition. You ready? Sure. Okay. Um, Islanders re-signed Casey Sezikis. Um, which one of the identity line goes? Clutterbuck or Martin? It's Clutterbuck's uh, contract here, so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't make the playoffs. He's shipped out to a contending team as a rental. Gut feeling is Barry Trotz back next year or not? If he wants to come back, he'll be back. But he does have a family who I've heard he wants to spend more time with. 
So I think that's definitely going to be a personal choice more than a business decision. If Lou ends up, um, if Lou ends up, you know, deciding that he no longer wants to do the job, do you trust that his son will do a good job, or the islands will look elsewhere? Uh, Chris will get the opportunity first as to how he deals with being an NHL GM. Hard to say. Um, I'll, I want to see how he handles bringing Toronto over in April first. Who do you, um, um, Barzell, Barzell has been playing great, but, um, who do you, which Islander player needs to step up his game more? Parise has been probably our best forward, um, just isn't having the puck luck, so I think hopefully sort of the hockey gods will decide to shine on him eventually because he's been trying, he's been, I mean, working his tail off. Uh, hopefully he'll find the back of the nuts soon. Is this finally the year that Tampa Bay does not go to a three-peat? Oh yeah, they're not, they're not doing it. They have, they've lost so much of the debt. Um, the third line, which was sort of their shutdown line, um, yeah, that loss is tremendous. Um, who's been the biggest surprise in the NHL or who's been the big disappointment? Biggest surprise is Terry with um, the Ducks. Biggest disappointment would have to be Grubauer. Uh, yikes. The worst goalie in the league. Yikes. And last one, gut, gut feeling. Islanders make the playoffs, yes or no? I'm always wrong. Uh, I don't know. Ask me in the month. Last, okay. last, last question. If, if Barry Trotz doesn't come back, and he he's allowed to come back in the league, everything is not forgotten but a little forgiven. Would you want the Islanders to go after Quinville to coach the Islanders? No, I think Lane Lambert is a more than capable option to take over within the system. He knows the players. He knows the organization. I don't think we need to look elsewhere. Also, so you don't want to have that, 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 that star I mean, cloud yeah, the over. organization is built on integrity. Obviously, we spoke out against what happened as soon. So I think that that's not um, someone I'd want around the players and that, that's not someone I'd want to go around the organization. I couldn't agree more. Um, and Nicole, before we get, before you leave, um, tell us, um, tell us your at and where people can find you and your, and your content that you do for the New York Islanders. Yeah, Nicole Sherman, that's Sherman with an S-H-I, not an E. Um, I do a lot of prospect work and share some hockey opinions, so you guys are always welcome to come check out my Twitter. Uh, I'm very interactive. People sometimes think I'm funny, too, so <laughs> we'll have fun together. You're, you're definitely funny, and Nicole, you know, as a diehard Islander fan myself, um, I appreciate the work that you do, continue the great work, and hopefully the Islanders turn around because I, I cannot be this sad this winter. <laughs> I've had uh, pretty much a, a lifetime of being uh, paid when watching the Islanders, so I don't think I need another season of that. <laughs> <laughs>